Live to see it, friends, and welcome to the world transformed. This program is your guide to an astounding future that lies ahead, one that will be here sooner than you think, and one that you have an important role to play in bringing about. At The World Transformed, we want to introduce you to what may be the greatest transformation of them all, the one that begins with considering and acting on the almost limitless possibilities that lie before us and that ends somewhere beyond the reach of the human imagination. So, when does this amazing future begin? Well, today is the day. My name is Phil Bowermaster, and with me in the virtual studio is my Co-author, co-futurist, and co-host, Stephen Gordon. Hello, Stephen. Hey, Phil. Happy Thursday. Happy Thursday to you. And we've also got with us our co-author, co-futurist, and co-host, PJ Manny. Hi, PJ. Hello, gentlemen. How are you? I think we're all super well, fantastic. Enjoying a wonderful Fourth <laughs> of July week here. And it's great having you back on the show, PJ. Two shows in a row. We're starting to get you caught up with Brian Wong. you got a lot of work to do. <laughs> But, I'll keep coming, baby. Don't you yeah, worry. Yeah, got a lot, a lot of catching up to do. Well, as we said, on if you didn't catch Thursday's show, it's up on the site. Check it out. But or excuse me, Tuesday's show. Uh, as as we said then, that show PJ was a guest. Tonight you're a host, PJ. So what are we doing tonight? It's up to you. You're the you're 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 a guest host on the show. Well, I think we should just be 100% geek, don't you? Absolutely. Well, that's certainly the easy thing for us to do. I can tell you that. That that that's a big load off, actually. It's, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if we go that way, Stephen, you you cool with that? Uh, we can just geek out tonight. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> well, awesome. when. When we finished on Tuesday, we were talking a little bit about it. I, was, I think where we ended the show was, if we want to make the world a better place, everybody needs to quit getting all upset on social media, start listening to this show, start reading PJ's books, right? basically, I think is where, we, uh, is where we ended. And how about this? Maybe people need to spend a little more time getting together at things like uh, science fiction conventions. Those are, uh, those are events where community can form, where people can start to build up some empathy. What do, you, what do you think, PJ? You've been attending these events. What can you tell us about them? I absolutely agree. Uh, and the funny part about it is I only started attending them after Revolution came out in 2015. So I didn't have a great length of time. I've only been going for a couple of years, um, unlike most of the people in the community who've been going for decades. Um, and the funny part is that my dad had been going since the 1950s. And had always said, come with me. And one thing or another, you know, I couldn't go. Um, but now I'm kicking myself because I have so much fun at conventions. Um, they may be my favorite thing to do now. Uh, just from the, from the sense of community, from the creativity you see, the costumes, the energy, the... Just people geeking out and being proud. Uh, it's a wonderful thing, and really for all ages. That's the other thing I love about it is you see people there from babies all the way to the elderly. It's fantastic. So um, how about you, Stephen? Have you, ever, have you ever hit a con of any kind? Oh, absolutely. The cons that I've hit recently are related to my tabletop gaming uh, you know, hobby. Um, I mean, there's there huge conventions now for board gamers, and you know, and you know, you go, you you see all the new games, you get to meet designers. Uh, sometimes have the designer actually demo the game for you, uh, and then or, or just you know, meet with other other people and uh, and, and play games. Uh, so yeah, love that sort of stuff. It, 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 these cons are great uh, community building uh, 
you know, you just get to meet people that are interested in some of the same things you are, and and from that you can you can uh, you can build all kinds of community that way. It's awesome. I love it. PJ, would you would you agree with me that even by the rarefied standards of science fiction geeks, a board gaming con sounds pretty geeky, right? I mean, that's <laughs> that, that really is geeky. Uh, I you know, and as someone who who you know could never get through a single game of Monopoly, I am so impressed. <laughs> well, but, I'm going to tell you the modern board game is much different now. I'm going to tell you, you would I, I, I've got to introduce you guys both to. You know, some game that's you know that that has been developed in the last twenty years because uh, it, we've come a long way from Monopoly. As you know, as much as I enjoyed Monopoly as a kid, you know that when I became a man, I put away childish things. I oh, well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and now you play these. It's it's true. You know, when we do the other geek feature on Fridays, what is it? Two out of five times, Stephen is you're talking about. An, an interesting oh, yeah. new board game that you and your family are playing. You, you and <laughs> That's right. They are all over the place. What was the, the most recent one you were talking about was a board game version of The Thing, right? The, the John Carpenter 1982 movie The Thing, and this was a, a board game version of that, right? So this is where everything comes together, right? Science fiction and movies. <laughs> That's and right. Well, and, and uh, we were, we were going to have a, uh, a, a board game night with uh, – it was going to be uh, uh, that plus, uh, and the other game we were going to do was, um, oh gosh, uh, Big Trouble in Little China. We were going to have a Kurt Russell night at the board game table. Uh, and so, anyway, yeah, they, they, you're right. It's a, it's a rarefied form of geekdom, I promise. Stephen, it's, it's all in the reflexes. That's all I can tell you about. <laughs> exactly. Big, big Trouble in Little China. Um, well, we really so shook I, my, the gates of hell that time. <laughs> My my experience is fairly limited. I've only ever been to, I've been to the Farscape Con once in Burbank, and that was a lot of fun. Got to meet the, the cast of Farscape and, and went to that. And I've been to San Diego Comic Con once. So I've, that, that that's my, in all these years and all the opportunities I've had, that's the only two uh, cons I've ever been to. But but PJ, you have been working the circuit, right? So uh, tell us what's your. Uh, What's your favorite event so far, and do you prefer the literary ones more than the media ones, or you know what? what just give give us a give us a little rundown on kind of how how they how they break down and and what you like about them. Well, I like different ones for different reasons. Uh, so I, you know, going to something like say like New York Comic Con, which by the way is now officially bigger than San Diego Comic Con. I think last year they had 170,000 guests. Good lord. Um, Going to something like New York Comic Con, which is such a multimedia event, you know, you're as as a, a not just an attendee but a panelist. You know, I'm lucky if I get on a single panel. If you can get on one panel at one of these giant cons, you know, as as a literary person, that's fantastic. And so I got on my one panel, which was doing Star Talk, which was great. Um, but you're there really at more as a guest, certainly from my perspective. Uh, because so much is going on around you in areas that, that you're not participating in. Whereas when you go to the more literary cons like WorldCon uh, or like I love NorwestCon, which, which does the uh, Phil K. Dick Awards, etc., cetera, um, those cons, that's a really hardcore working con for me. So, for instance, at the last NorwestCon, I was on nine either panels or coffee clutches or whatever. So every day, I, I was actively working, doing panels, meeting people, and 
that's a lot of fun too, but it's fun in a very different way. You can't sit back and kind of be an observer. You, you know, you're, you are, you are there. You're performing, and uh, you're thinking a lot on your feet. And the end of the day, I, you know, God bless everybody else is out partying and all dressed up and having a good time, and I just get back to my room and clap. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> <laughs> and start again the next day. <laughs> Love it. It's a hard life. Huh? Working the. And no, but the, it's, 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 it's hard. It's just, you know, it's a lot of energy. And, sure. um, uh, and, and it's funny because, you know, you're really like doing a show with you guys. You know, you're, you're keeping on top of it. You're keeping track. But in, in a panel situation, you've got an audience and everyone's asking questions. And you have to keep track of what all the other panelists are saying. And, you know, you want to be your best self and uh, most of the panels go for about an hour. So it's a, you know, there's, there's a lot to it, and, and it's good to prepare and, uh, and get the audience as involved as possible. So, you know, it's, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. I love it. Um, it it's, I'm going to take a little time off now to do some more writing this summer, but as soon as Identity comes out, uh, I'm going to be hitting the circuit pretty hard. In fact, I'm hoping to be at New York Comic Con again this year, uh, which is just two days before Identity comes out. How would you how would you relate uh, events like the the various cons with, say, the Singularity Summit or the v- Foresight Vision Weekend or the, th- those kinds of events that uh, folks like us have ha- had the opportunity to participate in, perhaps? Uh, uh, Similar subjects get discussed, or is it completely um, different? Or they're, they're certainly more media oriented. Um, so there's a lot more fandom at cons. Uh, it's a lot more about the the audience and the creative work that's being discussed. Uh, whereas the conferences that that you're talking about, like Foresight or Singularity, tend to be more about the subject matter at hand. Now. Having said that, cons do a lot of subject matter uh, dialogue as well. I've done uh, panels on things like the singularity and brain prosthetics and mind control and, you know, actual technical subjects where you would have a conversation like that at, let's say, the Singularity Summit. However, you're not also usually at, at any more academic convention or, or conference, you're not having, uh, tying that up into the pop culture references of, uh, um, Terminator yeah, and HAL <laughs> 9000 and, and all that other stuff. I, I, I think, it, I think, uh, it's a, it's a fantastic idea to cross pollinate, Phil. I, I think that when I go to the Singularity Summit, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, cosplay as Ben Gertzel or something. Well, <laughs> that would be fun. That would, that, that's a hard costume to pull off, though. I was going to say. That's awesome. Well, I, I'll lend you the, uh, the woven cowboy hat. Yeah, you're going to need that for sure. Yeah, to, 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 to really pull, to pull that off, off you've got to have the cowboy hat. And, in fact, that's what I was going to say, PJ, was that, you know, one of the big differences, surely, at, if you're at the Foresight Vision Weekend, and you're talking on a panel, no one in the audience is dressed as a stormtrooper, right? I mean, that's a big difference. It's, that uh, is so <laughs> true. That is so true. Uh, it, it might actually add some levity if they did. Uh, <laughs> but, but I wonder, why, why is there not an event that combines the two, right? Wouldn't that be well, cool? Well, but that's would... actually what cons often do. I mean, yeah. you know, it, it, 
what I love about some of these, uh, specifically more the, the literary cons, because I find that the panels are, in general, more thoughtful than the media cons. Um, they have they have brought those two together in a way that people can really find the the intersection between the two cultures. Um, but you know, look, it's something for everybody. Uh, if if you don't want to get all dressed up, I don't dress up when I go to the cons. However, I am often stopped because uh, my normal dress is you know like a black leather jacket and black jeans and motorcycle boots and you know like that's my normal clothing that's actually how and you I got that red hair going on let's not and the, and the red hair right. and i've been stopped in elevators and people <laughs> will say wow great black widow cosplay <laughs> <laughs> and you know and i sit there and go um thanks <laughs> I'm I'm told all the time about you know great He-Man cosplay and I'm just what I'm I'm street. There you go. There you go. So so yeah, um, you know I'm not trying, guys. Uh, That's that's just me. Um, But uh, yeah, it's it's definitely it's so much fun. Um, I highly. I would think after you heard that once or twice, you would just up it a little, right? Maybe just you know, as you're getting dressed, you think about it a little bit, right? What would uh, yeah? What can can I do? Black Widow wear to this? Amp this up a little bit. Yeah, Yeah. that's great. That is that is really that is that is really fun. Well, listen, we're gonna we're gonna stay with the are we gonna stay with the con topic? Or should we move on? Because the other thing we want to get to is oh, you have got a book coming out. I believe I Oct- do. October is a uh, kind of a big month <laughs> coming up here. Now, when do we actually get to see the book? When do we get to read it? What's the what's well, the you you gentlemen are special, so you'll get it early. Uh, but uh, but for, jet, for for the rest of the world, October tenth. Is when the book comes out. Uh, it's called the day Identity. after my birthday. I remember that. Okay. There you go. And uh, it's called Identity, and it's the sequel to Revolution. Um, it's going to be uh, a very interesting sequel. I like to think of the three books as a bit of A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, and uh, Return of the Jedi. So this is the Empire Strikes Back episode, folks. Uh, so don't be too upset if you end the book and go, oh my God, you left us there? (laughs) (laughs) So that surprise familial familial relationships at the end or something like that, right? (laughs) Well, I I also just, you know, it's it's a little bit of the, wow, things just got dark. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm just, you know, warning everyone that, but it all leads Act two. to a really cool place eventually. I'm just telling you, you need to go through the cave before you get into the light. I got <laughs> we, on, I uh, on Father's Day, I had the option of doing anything I wanted to do, and I could have gone to a baseball game, but I said, actually, let's just stay home. We're going to barbecue, and these guys haven't seen... Empire Strikes Back yet. We watched A New Hope a while back, so now now they're going to watch Empire Strikes Back. And I've got DVDs with the original George Lucas not messed with cuts of these movies, so they're able to see the, uh, like that matters to them anyway, right? But, but, oh, uh, but it totally does. It matters it totally to me, does. I can Good tell you man. that much. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's very important to me. Um, so... So we're watching Empire Strikes Contact. Back, and, and they, we've read books, and my uh, youngest daughter loves Yoda. She's way into Yoda, and so she was excited about the Yoda scenes, and, 
And anyway, we get we watch the whole movie, exciting time, fun time. It's great. The movie ends. The credits begin to roll, and my eight-year-old she looks at me and she goes, "That's the end. That's not an end. That's not the end of a movie." And she was just outraged. Okay, so are you are you prepared, PJ, for that kind of reaction? Maybe from some of your readers. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Oh, honey, I I used to write cliffhangers. You know, every fifteen minutes in television, I I, I know a good cliffhanger. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I know there's some people who get quite outraged by them, but that's when you know they're working. Yeah, right at the that's commercial right. break, right? You know, what? What's happening? Yeah. Yeah. But you, you tell your eight-year-old now, you'll get to see Return of the Jedi in two years. You have to wait like I did when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's cruel. I wouldn't <laughs> That would be cruel. That would be very cruel. <laughs> and it was, was it two or three years? I think it was three years back yeah, in those days. Yeah, right? it might have been three, yeah. Yeah. We had, to, we had to wait a long time. Well, about like what we're having to wait for these books, I must say, PJ. I mean, I'm so sorry. Oh, look, I've, I have actually had a, a handful of people come up to me and say, oh, I'm waiting for the third book to come out so I can just buy them all and binge them. And that really stunned me because, of course, I understand the binging of television and I understand the, even the binging of movie series. But the binging of books really surprised me. But now I'm not surprised. I've now heard it so often. Um, that there are people who, if they know you're writing a series, they're like, oh, no, I plan to read it. It's just I'm not going to read it until the last book comes out. Right. Well, you don't want to end up like the Game of Thrones fans, right, where we wait years, you know, and it's <laughs> and where now there's even a TV show going off in a weird other direction doing its own thing. You know, I mean, that's uh, – I, I, can, I can understand – how people do that, but I'd never have the patience. If I want to read something, I would go ahead and read it. I yeah, that's me too. I, I, I would never wait. Yeah, that, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm gonna find out what happens for crying out loud. Okay, so, so we know that uh, we, we know that this isn't gonna be the, the big happy ending final conclusion of the story. We know it's gonna take us in a, in a kind of a setup for the for the third book direction. But what can you tell us about? Identity. What you know in in terms of uh, where we left off, maybe, and maybe some returning of some favorite characters, things like that. Please. Yes. Well, you're going to get you're about. going to get a lot of returning characters. Uh, so Thomas Paine is back. Of course, we left him in a very interesting position where he wasn't really human anymore. Right. Uh, so we have to deal with the fact that he isn't human, and then how do we remedy that situation when it all goes down? Um, we also have the return of Ruth and Talia and Stephen and Carter and Josiah. So it gets uh, it gets pretty funky, uh, considering some of those people are human, some of them aren't. Um, it's definitely explores the idea of non-human consciousness or human-like consciousness, but how might it be different in a different substrate? Uh, it explores the idea of, okay, we're two years past a huge change in the culture and the country. What happened? What are the unintended consequences of what Peter Bernhardt slash Thomas Paine did? Right. And yeah, we went from a world that was not too much unlike our own. Say again. I was saying that uh, you know at the beginning of the first book we were in a world that's not too much unlike our own, right? And uh, and you know what 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 is you know what becomes of the world in you know as as it progresses 
with with what you're presenting. You know, PJ, it's that's a fascinating idea. See how it, pres uh, how, how it goes forward. I like to think of it almost as like a parallel history because yeah. it is, it, revolution did take place only you know a handful of years in the future. So here we go, another couple of years, and then the third book, Conscience, will be a couple of years after that. And each time, these big changes have occurred in both the technology and in society and politics. So how does that change the direction of history? And it's a lot of fun to go there. Um, but I'm also one of those people who likes to try to get it right, even though <laughs> I'm positing these things that, that clearly have not happened. Um, it's, it's hard to get stuff like non-human intelligence right. I mean, actually, it's hard to get it wrong, right? Because who's to say? But, well, uh, it's, but it's, to make it plausible, to make it, to, to make it understandable. Make it feel right. right. For and, us. And, and, well, that's it. Yeah. I, wanted to, I wanted to feel right, but I'm, you know, I'm also doing research. I, I have tons of friends who do, a, who do AI, AGI, AHI. And I talk to them about you know, what are the possibilities. And, and actually, my own opinion is something that's kind of a melding of people's ideas. It's no, no single person's idea of what the most likely candidate for human-like artificial intelligence. And I get to play with that concept and then spin out from there. Um, but also, you know, what, what would happen if, you know, certain uh, technological ch changes also precipitate certain uh, political changes, certain social changes? What is it like to live in the country? Is the country even still a country? Um, I posit it might not be. So yeah. these, are the, these are the questions, and the reason I, I bring these things up in my books is specifically to uh, explore these different possibilities. And are these, are these the directions we want to go in? Maybe, maybe not. Um, one of the things I explore, and this, this is not a, a teaser, no, sorry, not a spoiler, because it's actually right in the prologue, but I discuss the whole notion of seasteading and its viability. Um, of course, Joe Quirk is, uh, who's with Seasteading Institute, is one of my best friends, so I, you know, I'm, uh, love his book, Seasteading. If you guys haven't read it, you really should. Um, so, you know, exploring that as a possibility. Is it a real possibility and what are the pros and cons of that kind of a future? And where might it go that it would succeed? Cool. Well, I can't wait to, I can't wait to get into that. Now, I've, this makes me wonder something that I've been wondering ever since I got to the end of the first book, which is, are, are, are there more layers of weird, arcane U.S. government stuff for us to learn, or did, or did we get to the bottom of all that in the first book? Um, you got to the bottom of a lot of it because there's not a lot of U.S. government left. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but you, there is lots of arcane stuff that you'll still learn, um, and because Lord knows I love the arcane. <laughs> Well, you write it so well, too. I mean, it's, oh, just, it's, so, it's so much fun 
having all that unfold is just like whoa. And every time you turn the page, you're like, oh no! It, it was just it was a it's a terrific read in the first book. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And I I love the fact that that seasteading is coming into it. What other buzzwords that we talk about on this show or that uh, that, that might be popular amongst our audience? Can you can you throw out there? Ro topics robotics. There's a lot of robotics. I really explore artificial general intelligence, robotics. Um, and the notion of sci the beginning really is just scratching the surface of cyber warfare and individual cyber warfare. What's it like to be a cyborg and have cyber warfare just in your head? Jeez. <laughs> oh, um, wow. So, you know, what, what horrible things could be done to you? Because, <laughs> um, as you guys well know, I go there. Uh, <laughs> For sure, yes. This uh, we do know. So, so yeah, you know, I, I'm, I'm fascinated by the cyberization of humanity. Uh, all my books deal with that and, and where that might eventually go. Uh, and just the notion of what is human? Who, who is human? Um, I, I think it's a much more flexible thing than we give it credit for. Well, I think... Uh, Compa comparing your series to uh, Ramez's series, which I've done before, and I don't know if that irritates you or if that's okay. By the I way, do you guys ever? He's a good friend. Do you guys ever talk about this? Do you, do you and Mez ever like sit down uh, and say, "Well, I'm doing this, so you do that," right? No, or, uh, never, never. Okay, never. never. Um, uh, the only time we ever talk about it is if we're on the same panel together. Oh, okay. Well, after your third book comes out, you guys are both going to come on the show, and we're going to have a big smackdown about several things on this. Settle them once and for all. But one of the things I was actually, I was, as I was listening to Apex the other day, I was really thinking about this, is he's got the character also who becomes post-human. And she's an important part of the story, but I was thinking, wow, well, in BJ's book, it's the protagonist, right? I mean, that's, that's really, uh, you know, we're... We, a, a little bit trepidatious about taking your central character and in, in, in into that kind of a direction. Did that? Oh yeah, totally. Just from a narrative totally, standpoint. I totally broke the the uh, John Campbell rule of don't make your protagonist smarter than you are. Like <laughs> totally. Um, yeah. Um, although I did hobble him, and that is really the key uh, yeah. to writing that kind of a character. Is you you have to hobble them uh, for a whole variety of reasons, but. Uh, yeah, I, I, you know, call it also a little bit of, of stupidity on my part, but, you know, I, I decided to ignore everybody's advice and do the thing you're not supposed to do, and I'm having a lot of fun with it. I get the feeling in, in his books that Buddhism is going to save the day. I, I'm not, you know, I'm not there yet. I'm not at the end yet, so I don't know that for sure. But, but, but this, uh, you know, through the Nexus stuff, this... Um, connection that people have with each other that they're able to form in a good way, that, that this kind of positive, it kind of takes us back to our show on, uh, on Tuesday, kind of these positive connections between people ultimately are strengthened by the new capability and that that is going to win out over all the horrible ways that technology has enabled us to, uh, uh, to treat each other. Is, without giving anything away, do you feel like that we might expect a similar arc in, uh, in your series? Well, interesting, yes, because it, it, that's something that our books have in common, is that uh, Buddhism, or just even the, the philosophy behind it, uh, is an important part of both uh, larger stories. Uh, and for good reason. I actually believe Buddhism is the world's first great brain technology. Um, it, 
you know, life is suffering. How do you fix that? Well, here's a philosophy that will help you go through the world happier. Um, that is, you know, or, and to see reality more clearly. That's the first grade brain technology. Um, so what we're really just playing out is future brain technologies based somehow in the first brain technology. Uh, the book Buddhism Without Beliefs, uh, PJ. Have you ever have you uh, read that one? I haven't, but I'm familiar with it. I'm, I'm familiar with, yeah, it, with it and the ideas behind it. Yeah, it's fantastic, um, and uh, I, I do recommend that. Isn't that what Zen that, is? It's what actually? You're Just kind of Buddhism without without actually believing it. Well, we we probably don't want to. You know what? We're already at our time. So I don't get to start a whole Zen digression, much as I would like to, because, because that would be that would be fun. I can't believe the time went by. The, is this really? Am I right? Am I reading the clock right? Are we actually You're reading done? The clock right? Yeah, yeah, we're we're, we're at our time, uh, guys. That is so unfair. Okay, well, PJ, we're really going to have to have you back on again soon. Okay, it's been great having you on this week, and uh, I'll tell you what we're going to do is we're going to have you on for a full three-day week, one of these one of these weeks. All right, you can. You uh, got it. You can just. Thank dig you. into dig into all the issues that uh, that we're going on, and uh, we're overdue, Stephen. I was just thinking for a Thomas Frey show, so we'll uh, we'll have PJ and, yeah. and Tom together. That, that'll be that'll be loads of fun. We'll have a little mini panel going on uh, World Transform. Well, listen, uh, thank you so much, PJ, for being with us. It's uh, it's always great having you with us. Thank you for having me. All right, Stephen. Uh, good talking to you. We will be back with a regular three-show schedule next week. Look forward to being with you all then. And until next time, live to see it. <laughs>